welcome in, folks, to the Liberty Pole Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Cole Williams, and uh, another co-host, Blake Batchelor and Hunter Stevens, coming to you live with some political issues and some economic issues about our world and our country and uh, some things that we feel that are pertinent to the discussion. And We have a different viewpoint that we feel like we want everybody to hear and uh, maybe try to uh, make the climate less polarizing with our voices and try to try to have a try to try to get our voice out in a, in a way that's, that's less partisan and more common sense and, and helpful to the political discussion um, and I'm going to hand it off to Blake to tell you a little bit about his political beliefs and why he thinks that we should do this and and what he sees for the future of our country and the future of our our society in general yeah like Cole said we wanted to do this to get some ideas out into the out into the ether of some non-conventional stuff that's not in the mainstream Republican-Democrat polarization of the current uh, climate. So like he said, uh, some of the stuff we're going to talk about isn't entirely conventional, but we hope to be able to bring it to you in a way that's easier to understand and easy to tackle without hurting feelings or riling up emotions. But if I'd like like to add something else, we'll go to him. Yeah, um... Like Blake said, we're just together trying to talk politics and not argue and just share our viewpoints without any kind of judgment or harassing or questioning why or thinking that somebody's a bad person for what they believe because everybody has their own viewpoint and not there's no one way to do anything. So, And that's kind of what we're trying to reach out and just share different viewpoints of how one way can be better than another way or just try to uh, make everybody come together. Yikes, Rock. You sound like... Cole, is there anything... Do you want to... Sorry. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's my first time talking on podcasts. I'm sorry. It's all right, man. Oh, yeah, once we start uh, having a conversation, it'll, it'll, it'll we, flow. Uh, we, we, started, we started the podcast. I mean, I don't know. We, we each have our own political ideas, and they're definitely not the same. But we, we come off of first principles, I think, uh, all three of us share the same mm-hmm. principles, and we come from that. We work from that. That's why we're able to – us three will have these discussions together, and we decided to do a podcast because we feel like the world needs to hear, you know, our, our civilized discussions. And we talk about the things like what Tom Wood says is not off the three-by-five part of allowable opinion. The Republicans, they want, they want you to talk about one thing, and the Democrats want you to talk about one thing. But they both agree that you're not allowed to talk about certain things. And we're here to say we're going to shred that three by five card, as Tom Woods says, and and that's what we're trying to do. And really, we just want to get that out there to people and open people's minds up to critical thought and make people think about things in a different way. So maybe, maybe I'm starting to sound like Michel Foucault and the postmodernist, but uh, uh, we're 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 chasing the truth. So I guess we're not we're not like postmodernists. We're, we're chasing the truth of the universe and the truth of our society and our our ideology in general. And and maybe we can take everybody on a trip with us as we discuss these things and keep an open mind to different different ideas and topics. Right. The three of us aren't experts on anything we're going to be talking about, but I'd like to think we're at least a little more intellectually curious than some folks are and be able to offer a different viewpoint than the mainstream. Yeah, and that's, I mean, yeah, that's important. I mean, I and, 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 and to what he said, anybody... And I respect, I tend to respect anybody's opinion who is at least intellectually curious. So, like, if I bring up, because I've got, I mean, I've got some some crazy ideas about 
the way I see the world should be working. And, and if somebody immediately turns that off when I'm talking to them, I know you, me and you have talked about this, Blake. If somebody immediately turns that off and they say, you know, it's not like, or say, you know, as a, as a libertarian, we're talking about private funding of a police force or private funding of a road, which we'll get into later on some other episodes. And somebody immediately just strikes that down without ever thinking, you know, they think two seconds into it and they say, no, it can't work. I don't tend to respect that as much as somebody who's going to question you. And honestly have interrogative statements and ask you how your plan will work, but they're, they're there to listen and not just talk over you and tell you how ridiculous you are and tell you that you need to stick to the mainstream. Right. Yeah. Conversations like that. Kind of, Go ahead. Yeah. I think that kind of mentality has uh, kind of worked into both sides of the parties. Oh yeah. Like it's all become a more of a group think than a individual belief system. And that's kind of what we're here to kind of squash and make sure that everybody knows what they believe and why they believe it. And if they actually do believe what they think, or if it's just something that's been passed down or if they've been coerced into thinking that they should think a certain way because they live in an area that everybody believes that way, or if they do think that there's a different way that they should believe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. The, the why they believe something is what we're going to get into more than what they believe, I think. Yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like I was talking to actually I was talking to Hunter, and we'll, we'll refer to him as Rock because that's his uh, resident nickname here. And I was talking to Rock, and uh, I told him, and I, I think he was taken aback by it for a second because obviously when I say this, other people will be too if they know me. And I said I respect AOC more than I respect most Democrats. And he said, and he was taken aback because obviously he knows I'm a nerd for economics, and she is so she antithetical to sound economics that it's not even funny. But I told Rock, I said, AOC at least has some sort of ideology that she sticks to. When you have people like John McCain and Mitt Romney and Hillary Clinton and uh, Nancy Pelosi, they, they literally just put their finger up in the wind, they see which way the political wind is blowing, and they go that way. And, and obviously I disagree with AOC. I'd probably agree more with somebody like John McCain or Mitt Romney. But I respect AOC more for having those beliefs and I don't think she clearly and uh, logically defends her beliefs, but at least she's going to stick to them and stick to her guns. And I've got to baseline respect that, but once we get past that, I'm obviously going to check her on her ridiculous beliefs. Yeah. I've always thought, kind of felt the same way about Bernie Sanders during his uh, presidential runs. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there, buddy. Yeah, Sanders at least, I mean, he's just like kind of the crazy old man standing on the side of the road screaming his right. beliefs at people. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure that he's I mean, going to get the, where he wants to go, but you've got to yeah, give the man I mean, you can, you respect. Can, yeah, yeah, you got to give him credit. He's been saying the same exact thing for over 40 years. He hasn't changed his standpoint one bit. Now, everybody's been calling him crazy for 40 years, but obviously he's gained a following from him just being different. Yeah, I do yeah. think he's crazy to be clear, but yeah, yeah he's he consistently crazy. crazy. But <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just uh, I would push back a little bit on the fact that. My man, my man has used the message of socialism to get what four mansions. So that, yeah. that's a little odd. But we don't have yeah. to tackle that in the first episode. <laughs> but yeah, that's. I mean, that's. It's kind of the whole point of this podcast. It's like I. I guess I didn't even get into my political idea. I would class myself classify myself as a libertarian. I've got some conservative views. I've got some, but like my conservative views. I mean, obviously, I want my kids to grow up in a. 
Christian conservative culture in which they're not being taught crazy things in school or crazy things out in the culture. But at the same time, I don't, I don't believe in government mandates to fix that. I believe in right. fighting a good fight to fix our culture in that way. But, uh, yeah, I think the, the point of this podcast is like we're going to come at you in a completely unconventional way but we're not going to shut down other people's thoughts and we're going to entertain those thoughts and we're going to kind of wrestle with them and find out different things. And you know what, when we were going to have guests on and they have, they know, I'm sure they're going to have different thoughts and us three will, but we're going to entertain those thoughts. We're going to wrestle with them back and forth. And then we're going to find out, you know, maybe a middle ground between what we believe, or maybe somebody has been holding a logical, logical fallacy and we'll get into that. But either way, I think it's important for something so a podcast like this to be able to bounce around ideas and not scream at each other in an echo chamber. Yeah, to, to piggyback off of that, um, I my kind of political beliefs, I'm kind of what you call a traditional conservative. I Recently, I've been kind of leaning the other way, kind of more of a moderate conservative just because of a couple things that the conservative party is starting to adapt. And it's, it's a little bit scary to me. Um, their, their absolute love for, uh, the police and saying that they can't do anything wrong is a little bit dangerous in my eyes. And a couple of things in economics and how they're thinking that things should be run, um, is a little bit contrary to original conservative beliefs. And I, I think everybody's kind of, uh, shift in their viewpoints a little bit to try to go with the flow of people and kind of go with society. And I think that's not always the best way, but, um, and we'll get back, we'll go a little bit deeper into what everybody believes and so you'll kind of be able to pick up on beliefs once. Yeah. Can I interrupt you real fast? So I would yeah. not say you're a better yeah. conservative. I would probably classify you a better word. Maybe you might not. I said I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah. No, what I'm saying is, is you're probably a paleo conservative. Would you Would you agree with that, Blake? Yeah, somewhere between a paleo and like a Tea Party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I think sure. that, that we're trying to help you out here, Rock. I think I think that's a better that's a better description of your beliefs. And and I agree with you about the conservative movement in America. And I would I would say that it's not very conservative anyway. And I would say it's more of a populist movement that's just. 100% yeah. defends the police because it's just the conservative party of the day is just a reactionary force to the left. They've never, they haven't done anything. They, they, I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't agree with everything the conservative party does or the Republican party, whatever, but they, they need to stop being reactionary and they need to start pushing the issue if they ever want to win anything in the culture war. They've only lost for the last 30 years. Only lost. Yeah. Right. We're out now at the point where major Republicans and conservative talking heads are singing the praises of Caitlyn Jenner for yep. running for the GOP uh, governor's race in California. That means they've lost. They haven't conserved anything. Exactly. Yeah, and um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, the conservative party is is literally a reactionary force, and when you have, like, like what you said two, three years ago, Caitlyn Jenner was the most hated person on the right. Am I wrong about that? You know, right. I, I saw everything on Facebook and Twitter about Caitlyn Jenner is going to ruin the country. But then she she says she's going to put an R beside her name and fight the Democrats, and now she's our savior. I I just don't I don't think that that's the proper way to go about political issues. I I think you should be firm in your principle, and that's one of the main things. Like what you said, that I have a problem with the conservative party is they 
but they put their fingers up in the wind, they shift and flow with whatever will get them into office, and I have an issue with that. Not that the Democrats don't do the same thing. Oh, but. yeah, for sure. But, I mean, what I'm saying is, is if, I, if I could go to either party, it would probably be with the Republicans, but they're too... Sure. They're, yeah, they're too inconsistent for me. So, I, yeah. that's, that's how I feel about it. I think uh, I think we lost Hunter for a second, but we got him back on. Yeah, yeah, I'm back on now. All right, yeah, we were just talking about Blake brought up uh, Caitlyn Jenner running for running for governor in California, and we were talking about how a couple of years ago Caitlyn Jenner was the most hated person on the, uh, yeah. the country on the right, and now now she's a hero because she's fighting the Democrats. And I and I think that that's where Donald Trump, although he did some good things and he did some bad things, we're definitely going to get into that in some other episodes. I think that's where Donald Trump really has changed. I'm not going to say hurt or helped, because I'm not going to make that, that, that statement right this second, but at least changed the conservative party and the Republican party in general, more so to a party that is just trying to beat the other side and win elections. Now, would you agree with that, Blake? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I mean, Donald like Trump, he, I mean, he literally got in from, he, he, he just insulted, he insulted both sides, and he said, we're not going to do this anymore. We're going to drain the swamp. How? Whether he drained the swamp or not, the message obviously worked. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I wouldn't I have a hard time saying whether he had a overall positive or negative influence. It'd be hard. I'd be hard pressed to say that a Republican Party that's moved away from George Bush and John McCain is any worse off than it was before. Yeah, and that's a, that's another thing too. Is like, I can, I say that the the conservative party doesn't conserve anymore, but. What are they conserving? Endless wars, inflationary economic policy. You know what I'm saying? So like, <laughs> I like I, I kind of understand the shift from conservatism. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing to conserve anymore. We've lost everything. So I, I guess yeah. that the populist movement is the only way for them to go. I I just don't. I mean, I don't know. It's something that I wrestle with a little bit because what 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 are they conserving? You know, like everything is literally broken. Yeah, I think that uh, a lot of it kind of gets summed up by the way Ben Shapiro kind of states it about Donald Trump. He basically says that the the political climate was already dead and everybody was beating each other over the head with it, but it was kind of shaded behind a masquerade and it was already a dead body. But Donald Trump was the one who came up and basically pronounced that it was dead and yeah. kind of brought it to light. Yeah, and um, I know he says that a lot, and I, I mean, I think it is. Donald Trump came in, and he was a metaphorical team builder, and he was more of a leader for the uh, Republican Party. And everybody just decided to play it as a competitive game, like, "Hey, let's beat this other team." I don't really, I don't know why I'm beating the other team, but I'm on this team. I want this team to win. I want that team to lose, instead of actually believing why this team should lose or why this team should win. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, and, and to even expound on that some more, it's, and maybe you cover this, but maybe to put it in better words, it's Donald Trump. So so what Hunter's saying, I guess, is the political climate for the last a, a while has been basically a we're going to cut deals and we're going to change our ideology to beat the other side every election. Mm-hmm. And But the, that was hidden under a masquerade, if I'm following yeah. you. But then Donald Trump came in, and you just see the left say, nope, anything he does. Anything his family does, whether good or bad for the country, we're going to attack 24-7. I guess that's what you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that that's exactly what I'm saying. That makes a lot of sense. That it, I mean, obviously that was always in the background, but nobody was 
man enough to come out and say yeah. that that's exactly what the idea of it was. Yeah, that makes a lot of which I well, I would push back a little bit because the Clinton impeachment was uh, <laughs> that was a that was a pretty partisan impeachment as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it just goes to political correctness in general, and um, yeah, he just kind of squashed the bug and all of that, as everybody probably knows. So. Yeah. Yeah, that does make sense. I was kind of trying to figure out a little bit what you were saying, and I guess maybe I'll put it in a, I don't know. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I heard Ben Shapiro has actually joined the idea. Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's going to be manning some uh, uh, some rockets on the on the, on the Gaza Strip. That's what I, I can't say I was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, maybe he should, as much as he talks about it. Maybe he should put his money where his mouth is. Instead, he's going to... Oh, don't be calling out Ben Shapiro on the first podcast. <laughs> I know he's your boy. I know he's your boy. We don't have to do it today. I like. I, I think Ben Shapiro is a, a good conservative. I really do. I, I, he's one of my favorite conservatives. I think he's pretty consistent. Uh, me and Blake Thanks. disagree with him a lot on foreign policy. But other than yeah, that, that's where he is really trips up. Yeah, other than that, and, and, and that's just our opinion, and maybe we have factual basis to say that, but that's our opinion of Ben Shapiro. But, I mean... Domestically, he's he's pretty solid. Not gonna lie. Yeah. So I mean, I've got to I've got to give it to him. He's probably my favorite conservative commentator. I also like Tucker Carlson too. And for if no other reason, he has a gigantic audience, and the man is against foreign intervention, and that yep. that's a big deal. That's not to be yeah. you know downplayed at all. Especially as a Republican. Yeah, for sure. The the party of interventionists, which that's changing. But, yeah, which I would say it's both parties, but mainly the Republicans are the ones that whip you up in a patriotic fervor. But it is very important that the biggest talk show host on Fox News, watched by millions of people every night, is basically against boost wars. That's a big deal. Well, that was a big outcome of the... Do what, Blake? I was saying that was the big outcome of the Trump administration, too, is, well, maybe not in practice, but in talk, he was very anti-intervention. Yeah, and, yeah... So, me and you have talked about this. He, he didn't really pull us out of any wars. and He, he, he hurt a lot of people in uh, Libya, and, he, and uh, he, he still did drone strikes, which we obviously don't agree with. But he le- at least, and this is kind of my personal feeling on it, at least he made it kind of hip and kind of cool and the, on the right, right to be anti-war and anti-20-year intervention wars in Afghanistan. You know, and I, I, that's, that's not to be downplayed either. To be honest with you, because we haven't had that in our society. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people came in thinking that he was going to be like a warmonger and trying to go out and start all these wars, but it was it was really the opposite. I mean, I think I don't know how true it is. I don't know if he always held the beliefs that he held while he was in office, but um, I mean, I think that comes a little bit from his uh, past too. I mean, I know he had a lot of friends that were. Uh, on both sides of the aisle, so I don't really know his past beliefs. And I don't. I mean, I know what he says his past beliefs are, but you know, I mean, once you're running for office, you don't want to say that you're on the other side. So, well, I would push back and say that he doesn't really have any core beliefs at all. I mean, that's what I'm that's saying. Up yeah, for I don't. I, anyway, yeah, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, like we'll, I, I don't know the man by person. So yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, uh, I would. I would say that, well, I mean, he did run on an anti-interventionist policy, but let's mm-hmm. not forget, Barack Obama did too. And unless yeah. you forget, George W. Bush did as well. So, yeah. I mean, we've, we, and, and guess what? We're still in Afghanistan. 
we're still at bases in Iraq. Yeah. Like, get out of the wars, man. It, it, it's, it's gone on too long. Too many people have died. Too many American sons have died. Too much money's been spent. Too many innocent people have died overseas. And what have we gotten from it? A couple bases. Nothing to show. Come on. Yeah. That's just and the same thing with Trump, really. I mean, he talked all he wanted to about anti-intervention, but then he surrounded himself with people like John Bolton. Yeah, exactly. Who's an absolute warmonger. Exactly. I completely agree with you there, Blake. Well, Jeff was, Mattis. Do what? Yeah, yeah, Mattis too. Mad Dog. That, that was that was kind of like a, I guess, a theme of the Trump presidency. It's like just bad counsel all around. Yep. I, it's just like really bad. And I'm not really sure why like a guy who's built so many businesses and knows the benefits of working and, and delegating out to competent people and then he just puts his family in charge of everything and that and John Bolton that doesn't make a lot of and Jeff Sessions yeah. you know that doesn't make a lot of sense to me and, and that's me and Blake have talked about this a bunch that's a big thing that we we had an issue with the Trump presidency it's like dude you had so much potential to do so many good things for the American people and what did we get out of it a hyper politicized climate <laughs> 60 miles of a wall <laughs> and uh three I will say three good supreme court justices or at least three non-crazy liberal Supreme Court justices that won't take every one of our rights away at the drop of a hat. So i got to yeah. give them that. But, yeah. I, I, don't, I mean, like I said, we can have this talk at a later night, but the Trump presidency, what, what, a, what a time to be alive. I, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy and you get tired of it, but at the same time, you're going to look back and you're going to read a history book and it's going to be like, I lived during that time. And that's kind of yeah. that's kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah, just seeing the guy on TV, which I mean, which goes to say something else. Like he literally ran a show talking about who he wants to hire and fire, and he basically did the worst job of hiring and firing people. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, yeah, literally, I mean, he he did that for twenty years, and it all that work, and it led to absolutely nothing. Yeah, but no. yeah, that's that's actually a really good point. Yeah, he's uh. <laughs> But we don't have to talk about Donald Trump. We can talk about the gas shortage. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everybody's tired of hearing Donald Trump. Yeah, we can, we can it take for a the past five years. We, we're definitely going to spend a couple episodes on the Trump presidency. Like I said before we leave this topic, the jury's still out on his presidency. He did some good things. He did some bad things. But Yeah, I don't think any of us hate him. No, that's for no. sure. I'm mostly just disappointed. Yeah, yeah I'm disappointed too. Like, like um, Tom Woods said, I'm going to bring up Tom Woods again because he's one of my heroes. Donald Trump is a mile wide and an inch deep. And if he would have focused on some certain topics that would really help the American presidency instead of, or American people, instead of staying up until two o'clock, eating cereal and tweeting at MSNBC journalists, <laughs> I think we could have, I think we could have gotten a lot of things done. But yeah, I'm like Blake, I'm very disappointed. But we'll get off this topic. We'll switch something else, maybe the gas shortage or something like that. Uh, I've been hearing a lot of people, mainly Republicans, who, and it's funny because these are the same people who were screaming for four years that the left was blaming everything on Donald Trump are now literally outright unironically blaming a gas shortage from a cyber attack on a private industry on Joe Biden. And I'm I, I, maybe Blake or Brock can enlighten me on why exactly they would be blaming Joe Biden, but I can't really see the correlation. Yeah, Blake, I mean, I, I don't know if you've heard the same thing, but recently I've heard that it was an inside job from 
Pelosi and some of the top Democrats oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. basically ignoring that there was a hacker and they knew that there was an attack coming. Not Maybe not that they dele- delegated an attack. I've heard that too. But I've heard that they knew that there was an attack that was coming and they one didn't do anything about it and that they don't care that it happened. And I mean, I guess from a outsider's point of view, I was watching some of the interviews from some of the top Democrats and they were very non-interventionalist, I guess, in saying that the Colonial Pipeline's an independent company, which I, they are, and they don't want to take any kind of actions to force any kind of regulations or laws into them getting hacked again. So they didn't want to help them out. They didn't want to give them any kind of technology to help them not get hacked again. They basically said it was on their own, and they, they didn't have any kind of help for colonial or any kind of pipelines or anything in the future either to stop it from happening again they basically said it was they were on their own that they needed to get better infrastructure which is a little bit fishy but i mean obviously from a democrat's point of view too like i doubt that they want a gas shortage in america like i mean that just doesn't help nobody so i mean i don't think that they would want that i want to hear a source where did i hear what from it seems a little wild what that top Democrat leaders knew about a, ha- a cyber attack coming? Oh, dude, it's all over Facebook. Like, oh, I mean, there's not really one sur- source, but I saw it from the typical liberal, which I'm sure everybody has seen on uh, Instagram. Him, he's talked about it, and even some of the people on, uh, like, I, I don't believe Charlie Kirk said it, but there's a lot of people that are saying he said something about the gas shortage, and in his so, comments, it was riddled with comments so your, about it. Your source is conservative commentators say the Democrats I'm just saying, about the yeah I'm just saying that conservatives the conservatives on the ground are saying those kind of allegations okay so we're going to chalk that up to that's not true until proven true oh I mean I, I, I totally agree I'm not saying that I, I support that it was a hacking that was delegated by the Biden administration that's like I said that's idiotic I don't think that the Biden administration want a gas shortage I mean yep. it's a it, it doesn't look good on the presidency. No. I mean, and as much as people don't get that the gas and the presidency aren't linked, people link those two things together all the time. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So, That's and, the top commodity price when it comes to yeah. uh, rating presidencies. And here, here, I see. I'm, I'm going to hit you with something, Rock. I'm going to hit you with something. I'm going to turn a Ben Shapiro quote on you here. All right. What does he say about don't attribute nefarious things to uh to uh, conspiracy theories when he usually 99 percent of the time would just contribute it to people being stupid yep he does say yeah. that or something something to that effect. yeah he does and i do agree and, with him there i think and I ben think, shapiro he hasn't said anything about yeah like I'm democrats saying, I'm saying or anything like that with the pipeline think, i'm saying what you were saying is i think that we could i think that i'm personally and i'll let the, the jury could be out on this but i'm going to come to the that until I see hard evidence, just like election fraud, <laughs> I'm going to say the Democratic Party didn't know or delegate a cyber attack against the pipeline. What, what do you think? Like, well, it's crazy enough we shouldn't really have to discuss it, but in the interest of this podcast, the risk to reward ratio on this situation for the Democrats just doesn't check out. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I mean, they've got huge risk if somebody leaked that they planned this attack. And the reward is what people are angry at the current Democratic president. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, I don't, it's I don't see what angle is here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, <laughs> I've also heard the conspiracy theory that they're going to try to ax Joe Biden out of here in the next year or so, which I think is absolutely preposterous because the corporatist Democrats are absolutely loving the Joe Biden regime right now. That's all. Oh, dude, yeah, they're feeding that. it. That is the media guy. too. They act like they can't do anything wrong. Yeah, that that is that that the corporate the corporate string pullers, their guy is Joe Biden. And if you think always has been, do what? He always has been. Oh, always has been. Absolutely right. He has no political ideology either. The man is more conservative than Donald Trump. Go look up videos of him talking in the eighties and nineties. He is yeah. the guy for the corporate string pullers behind the scenes. And and I just that conspiracy theory definitely doesn't check out either. Because if it did, I think Kamala Harris would have been pushed a lot harder than she was in the primaries. Yeah. But <laughs> we don't have to we don't have to get off on that. But yeah, I and and also and it's, it's I'm sorry, Cole, I'm gonna have to interrupt you. Her no, name is good. Kamala. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, you need to respect <laughs> your name. Plenty of personal privilege. Yeah, I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, um Yeah, also I do wanna to touch on inflation. So Okay, so I was watching a Tucker Carlson segment with actually with Peter Schiff on the other night. He was talking about inflation. Peter Schiff was basically giving the audience a elementary view of how inflation works. Because people know how inflation works, but they don't know how inflation works. So he was giving them that. And Tucker Carlson said, an age-old an age old truth. If you print more money, the money value goes down. And he looks at the camera and he says, maybe the Biden administration should learn that. Or you would think they would learn that. Or something to that effect. And I'm thinking to myself, did Tucker Carlson criticize the Trump administration for signing a $2 trillion COVID stimulus package? Or for signing an additional COVID stimulus package? Or for threat, or not threatening, but quasi-coercing the Federal Reserve to lower interest rates below 0% during his presidency? I don't think Tucker Carlson did. I don't know. Do you, Blake? I would doubt it. Yeah, so that's a little weird to me. And, and, and folks, inflation doesn't happen in a month. I, I, I can't stress that enough. The inflation yeah. we're seeing on prices is most definitely linked to the last year of economic lockdowns and the printing of money for COVID packages and stimulus packages that have been uh, deposited into bank accounts. And, and not even that. I'm actually going to point this out, too. The stim, or the inflation hasn't come from the the... $1,200 that got deposited into Sally's account. The stimulus is coming from securities being bought on the free market like a mug by the Federal Reserve right now and money being given to the big banks and big corporations so they can spend and then lower the value of your savings uh, that you got saved in your bank account. That's where, that's why we're seeing inflation on, on a large scale. But to blame Joe Biden and only Joe Biden and not throw Donald Trump in on that blame at all is preposterous, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I know this is a point that me and Cole talked about a lot because we kind of have different opinions on stimulus and why stimulus were passed out and stuff like that. And on and the fact that Biden stimulus is a little bit different than Trump stimulus, in my opinion, is that I think that the economy is in a way better place now than what it was at whenever Trump was pushing the stimulus. And I think that the Biden stimulus is a lot more of a... Uh, I wouldn't say it's like non-essential, but it's, it, it could have been done without. And I think the Trump stimulus was in a time where obviously the government had huge regulations on businesses and what businesses could do. 
and their ability to operate. And I believe if you're, if the government takes away the ability to operate and the ability for a person to make money, then they should be able to subsidize you for that money that was inherently taken away by their kind of regulations. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's why, that's why Tucker does kind of have a leg on, I mean, obviously not, not the inflation thing, because that's absolutely idiotic that Biden's one stimulus bill had more of an effect on inflation than any of Trump's, because that's, that's just preposterous. But the fact that Biden's stimulus bill is worse than Trump's first stimulus bill, I do believe that that's valid, just because of the climate that we're in financially, economically, and how the economy is doing. That's fine, but it doesn't matter. It's the same money value. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's still, I mean, yeah. So, it so is. whether your personal opinion matters or not, the same people who pay taxes on the other side would probably say Biden's stimulus package is better. I've got an idea. No stimulus packages. Don't lock down the economy. Maybe Donald well, Trump. I say don't lock down the yeah, economy. Yeah, exactly. Maybe Donald Trump should have responded to the uh, crisis a little bit better and and done what we all basically knew from common sense: keep the old people protected, have businesses open, and go about our daily lives. But instead, we destroyed our economy, shut down schools, which was probably good for our kids and the public education system. But we can get into that on another episode. Too. But uh, yeah, let's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Maybe so. I, I don't think that. I don't think that the point. Just to push back on that, I don't think the point that uh, you think Trump's stimulus package was uh, for a better reason because fifty percent of America who also pays taxes and that money's coming from them and that inflation's going to hurt them would probably say that Biden's stimulus package is better. So I mean, you know what I'm saying? Uh, either way, inflation's going to hit us. Yeah, but I think the people during Biden's stimulus package had money in the bank that they were able to spend on food and stuff. Like there was literally people during Trump's stimulus that was not able to pay any kind of bills. They weren't able to feed. I mean, food stamps were at all time high. I mean, everything was getting run straight by the money that was from the stimulus. I mean, you hear you hear it all the time now that the money that the stimulus that they got from Biden is going to go to brand new Jordans or brand new going i mean it, it it's one thing or the other it's not being used for the purpose that the government is saying it's being used for it's basically a handout is all it is and i mean obviously this trump to some people the trump stimulus was to there's plenty i mean plenty of people who did not need the trump stimulus that it was handed to them free anyway it's no different than the free ballots that were passed out i mean you know what i'm saying everybody just got one and whether they needed it or not I mean, they got one. So, I mean, in the, in that sort, yes. But, I mean, I, th- I do think it was a valid reason to pass out money. I mean, if, if they're going to take your money away, then they have to help you out somehow. I mean, they can't just take your money away and then you just sit here and die on the side. And that's fine. But that to use that same logic, businesses are just now really opening up. So businesses were still shut down in, what, February when Biden passed the stimulus. So, oh yeah, I'm not sure the logic checks out, but we can talk about that later. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think we both agree on the fundamental premise that if the economy didn't shut down, we wouldn't be in this situation exactly. to argue it in the in the first place. Yeah, so. it should have been handled better, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, we'll, we, we yeah we'll go with that because we agree. Like I said, all three of us agree on our first principles. Yeah, what do you think, Blake? I can buy the argument that Hunter's presenting that by taking away the people's income, the government owed some type of compensation 
But like you said, that same argument can be applied to all the stimulus bills. Yeah, and I'm like I said too, is like the logic can easily be turned around. Therefore, the logic doesn't check out, in my opinion. So that's why I think I err on the side of Donald Trump should have done a better job managing the crisis, and we shouldn't have been passing out that much money. And mainly the point, the reason why I brought that up and asked y'all about it is because I'm hearing a lot of people talk about Biden destroying the economy because inflation's so high. That just, honestly, it helps me because I don't have to really have a conversation with them to know that they don't know anything about economics. <laughs> and I know that's bad, but that it's honestly the truth. Like, if you have that, that binary of a take about something, especially stuff that's so complex as inflation, I'm not sure that you really know what's going on fully. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I guess we can, I guess and I, I talked to Blake before the podcast. And he, he didn't know if we should touch on this in the first episode, but maybe we should talk, maybe we should talk about um, the Israel-Palestinian situation. I'm not sure. Uh, it seems like some mm. crazy stuff's going on in the Gaza Strip. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think, Rock? I mean, <laughs> I <don't, laughs> it's a tough subject for me. Yeah, it is. It really nah, is. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's from American standpoint, I do like Cole. Like Cole said, I, I'm, I don't like the Americans kind of intervening in anything. I don't think they should do nothing, but I don't know. I don't think that they should do nothing in this either. I don't. I don't think they will. I mean, do you think that they're going to do anything if they start attacking Israel in like mass droves? I, I mean, I guess we would would have to come by their side. Well, important point here is we don't have to do anything because they've literally yeah, never. Yeah, I mean, we don't have do to. Anything. No, but and they're. <laughs> what I'm what I'm going to say is is we can say all we want, and and the best part is is Republicans and conservatives talking about how the democratic party and the mainstream hates israel like are we are we serious here me and blake were talking about that it's like do we know how many jewish people are in the democratic party i'm doubting they hate their their people's country but whatever that's another binary take that people have because they watch too much fox news but i me and blake were talking about this it's it's such a gray area like hamas is obviously an evil terrorist organization but israel has done some messed up things to Palestinians in the Gaza Strip and in larger Israel as a whole. And I don't know, Blake, I'm sure you have a take on that, but that's kind of my take. Is like, I'm not sure either of them are right. And I'm definitely, not, I'm, I'm sure that my opinion is, is America should stay out of the situation. In all Certainly. Yeah. But, uh, what, what's your take on it, Blake, uh, about Hamas and the idea? Yeah, uh, of course we shouldn't be sending any foreign aid to either one. I know right now we subsidize a substantial piece of Israel's defense budget. Yeah. But um, anybody that claims to be an expert on this topic is a liar uh, in your day-to-day -day life. Okay, yeah. There are exceptions. Or Ben Shapiro. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Just Scott joking. Horton, check him out. He's an expert. All right, Blake, what were you saying? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much what Cole said. Neither one of them are very good... Uh, people to be throwing a whole lot of support and weight behind. Hamas obviously shouldn't be firing rockets blindly into civilian populations. But at the same time, Israel's been uh, bulldozing Palestinian homes and settling in Palestinian territories for decades at this point. 
So it's hard to... At the end of the day, America shouldn't be involved in it anyway. Yeah, yeah, we're not some, like, great neutral arbitrator. Obviously, we're not neutral on the subject at all. So we shouldn't be the arbitrator of any of it. There should be another country that maybe comes in and arbitrates the situation, but it shouldn't be us. Because we, all, we obviously have a dog in the fight. And people who say yeah. that, we, that we don't have a dog in the fight, go look at our defense budgets. That's all I've got to say and, and, and what Congress <laughs> appropriates for the Israeli Defense Force. That that'll that'll do the trick for that argument. So um, that's that's my opinion, and I'm pretty sure I share the same with Blake, like you said. Yeah, I think conservatives kind of lean towards the aid of Israel so much because of a kind of a deep religious rooted yeah. value there, and I, I think that's that's obviously shown a lot through a lot of conservatives, and I mean especially people like Ben Shapiro, and if you listen to Ben Shapiro for five minutes, you can realize that one he's a Jew and he's for everything Israel. You have to look at him. Yeah. And I love Ben Shapiro. Yeah. I mean, like, like Cole said, I, I'm a daily watcher of Ben Shapiro. Uh, I'm not a daily wire subscriber, but I do, I do watch Ben Shapiro a lot. And I, I do think that his religious beliefs definitely affect his political beliefs when it comes to Israel. And I mean, obviously, everybody's personal beliefs do affect some sort of uh, views political. But I think he he handles his views political with intervention totally different against Israel than any other. Like if the whole if the same thing was happening in some other country, Ben Shapiro wouldn't be for it. I I don't believe. But since it is since it does include Israel, he's he's like 100 percent Israel. He would be like a, a America. America needs to uh, stay out of it. Stay out of it. Uh, they don't need to be yeah. in these Muslim countries. Yeah. But right. if, if Israel is if Israel is involved, he, he's obviously very biased. And I, I think yeah, that's a lot. I think that's the same viewpoint of a lot of conservatives, and not not because necessarily they're Jewish or anything. Just any kind of re- religious convictions that they have, I, I do think they tend to sway that way of being interventionalist when it comes to. Uh, Israel in general and any kind of aid that they that they want or need, basically being a big shield for Israel. Yeah, I mean I, I agree with you. We, Blake, do you have anything that's, to add on the subject? Uh, that's certainly understandable. I just think it's misguided that um, the modern governmental state of Israel that was set up by a globalist cabal in 1948 has anything to do with uh, any type of religious topic. I tend to agree with Blake, but I'm gonna have to read. I, I'm probably gonna get me a couple yeah. of books on the subject oh, first. Yeah. But I tend to fall towards you because I do know the history of the founding of this room. So, I, I think we can, I think we can leave the subject be for now. But I think that maybe you guys got our takes on it a little bit. Like I said, it's a, <laughs> this podcast is a non-binary podcast. <laughs> I know that's gonna trigger a few people when they hear that word, but non-binary literally means that. You don't have a black and a white choice. Like, there's a little bit of gray here. Like um, Hamas is wrong, but Israel is not perfect. So that's that's kind of the whole point of this podcast. And I think that our views on the Israeli Hamas situation kind of sums up how we believe. It's like, yeah, Hamas is bad people, but Israel's drone striking buildings with civilians in it all the time. So I, I can't really say one way or for certain. Like I said, I'd have to get a little bit more educated on the subject before I made a definitive answer on, on And they 
I know just because people bring this up, they do generally clear the buildings out before they strike them. Yeah, but they at do. the same same time, they have had several civilian casualties already. Yeah, they have. Then yeah, they, they kill, got. Then they kill some Palestinians and playing soccer. Children. Yeah. Apparently, they have an alarm. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I should have said that mm -hmm. too, and I didn't even think about it. That is fair. I didn't they hear about that. that. But they, yeah. you know, like they, like like Blake said, they yeah, they have things. a special alarm that they sound. Yeah, they've done some things that we in America would not appreciate being done to us if a country just got popped right in the middle of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you look at it that way, and then. And then, you know, and then mm -hmm. reevaluate your stances. You know, I, I don't know. Is there anything else you guys want to tackle tonight? Maybe throw in something about what's going on day to day or what's happened today or yesterday or whatever. I don't really have anything. I'd like to get some gas at some point. Yeah, I'd like to get oh, some no. gas. We too. can talk about the CDC lifting mask restrictions. Oh, yeah, yeah. We can't we can run that. We yeah. can't run that by. We're getting a little. Oh, yeah, gas. But. Yeah, that's obviously a good thing. I think we all agree on that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a little bit ridiculous that it's taken no. this long, and I haven't right. listened mm -hmm. to them for a while, but obviously it's a good thing. Right. Nobody should care. Yeah, that's good. If thing. you took off your mask yesterday because the CDC allowed you to, I'm probably not going to respect yeah, your yeah. yeah, we probably can't be friends. But we'll yeah. have a discussion about it if you want right. to send us an email or come on the show. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're probably going to get some uh, some resistance when you come in with that ideology, at least from me, and I'm sure from these other two. But yeah, I, I, I agree with Blake. You definitely shouldn't be listening to the CBC. You're a free person. Just remember that. That's the, that's the main reason why we did this podcast. You are a free individual in this country. The founders set it up. We had certain rights, and the government was ours, lost that government and we were going to get into why we lost it we're going to get into maybe the constitution wasn't written as well as it should have been or maybe different theories on what we should do next but we've obviously lost the reins on this thing the federal government is so big it's a, it's a little monster that we created in a lab and it's destroying downtown manhattan you know? and you know that and the important thing like what blake said about the cdc and what rocks hit on what i've hit on is you're a free individual you don't deserve what you've been getting from our government pay too much taxes, you follow too many rules, to be in the dark about all these subjects, and to only be allowed to say certain things, and we're, we're going to change that, at least in the little bit that we can. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, and if you guys don't have anything else to add about anything, uh, Rock, do you have anything to add about the CDC? Yeah, I think that sums it up very well. Yeah, that's, that's, basically, that's basically our motto, man. You're a free individual. Open your mind. Um, no, I, I. Yeah. What'd you say? Rock, you good? Uh, I was just gonna say, kind of basically the same thing that the CDC. Yeah, was I lagging or something? Yeah, yeah, I think you lagged out, but no, you're good. You're good. Uh, yeah, so I think I guess we'll wrap it up here. I okay, think I got you. everything that we've talked about. Um, I think Blake's good. I think Rock's good. Um, the next episode, we're going to probably delve into some politics yep. really hard instead of bouncing around from different topics. Or we might get on a certain topic. Maybe let you guys let us know, or we'll definitely let you guys know before the next release of the podcast. But this has been fun hanging out with you guys. Hopefully we get some people listening to it and opening their mind and realizing that, hey, we do live in a free country still. And the reason why we live in a free country is because each individual's minds and souls are free. That is something that can never be taken from you. There's nothing anybody can do to take your mind and your soul. No matter what people do to you, that is one thing somebody cannot repossess from you. 
and that's important to remember no matter where you are you're a free individual think for yourself i don't know do you guys have anything to add that was a nice way to put it cole yeah i i, I really i mean i mean it. this yeah. is the reason why yeah, i was here instead of playing call of duty right now talking talking to whoever will listen man because I, i'm worried about the future of our country but i want to remind people think for yourself man. but we are playing call of duty later oh we are playing call of duty for sure yeah 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 but uh yeah yeah thank you guys for hanging out with us man this has been the first podcast episode of the liberty pool and it's been really awesome peace out adios